0: My Govanen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and it's no secret that I'm not a huge fan of Peter Jackson's Hobbit trilogy, and there's a number of reasons for that. One of them being the absolute absurdity of some of the scenes, like the escape from the goblin town in the Misty Mountains. It's just terrible. And then the theme park ride down the river running... Escaping from the Elven King's halls is also pretty absurd. But even before the movie came out, I had a concern along similar lines, which was, you know, The Hobbit in in the original form, and it's the book form, is a much more lighthearted and occasionally somewhat silly story compared to The Lord of the Rings, which became way more serious and way more epic and so going backwards from the lord of the rings since those movies were done first to the hobbit would seem like a very stark reversal in tone that would not really be something you would want you know if you're if you're coming off of the lord of the rings to the hobbit you're going to want a similar type of story you don't usually go from very adult, very epic, to very childlike and very humorous. That tends not to be the way it works. It works the other way because you start with a children's story and then you graduate up to the more adult-level story. And so I always had this concern, even before the movies came out, how are they going to make this work? Well, as things turned out, it didn't actually matter in the way that I was worried about it because they went a totally different route and just went absurd in ways that were not really even appropriate to the book. But I think you still have that problem if they had done it right. But I think there is a way that you could solve it. And what I want to discuss here is how that could have been done and how that would have even improved some of the other things about the story in the way that it was told in the Hobbit trilogy and why I think it would have been a better way of doing it. Before I get into it, though, I did want to mention up front, I do have a Discord server open now for fans of the channel. You can find the link to that in the description below. Go check that out if you're interested. Several people have already joined. It's not a huge crowd yet, but the more we get in there, the more interesting discussions we can have. So do check that out if you're interested. Now, to the topic at hand... The way that I think this could have been done has been suggested, of course, by Tolkien himself, because Tolkien thought of practically everything, not entirely everything, but practically everything in terms of fitting everything together into one cohesive whole, and the way that he did it is connected very heavily to his, what I call the Hobbit retcon, which I did a video on, and I'll link it to, in the description to that as well, The Hobbit retcon, as I talked about it in that previous video, is not about this. It's more about the fact that he changed pretty much most of the Riddles in the Dark chapter and various other small parts here and there in the story to make it fit with the Lord of the Rings. Because in the original Hobbit, you had the story of Gollum voluntarily offering to give Bilbo the ring, and then when he realized he didn't have it, offering to show him the way out, and Gollum's a very friendly character in this story. Once Tolkien decides that he needs the ring to be a much more dangerous and corrupting force for the Lord of the Rings story, he goes back and changes this, not by directly changing the Hobbit, but by saying, well, the way that Bilbo wrote it is the way he wrote it, but he kind of lied because of the ring. And so we get the real story, right? So he does this, but this also in and of itself kind of retcons the storytelling of the Hobbit as well, because, and it's not entirely a retcon of it, because we always know that it's Bilbo's you know, diary, effectively, of his own adventures. And so we always know that Bilbo is the one kind of telling the story. It's not just, you know, a story being told by a third party om, third party omniscient. So there's always a, an element of that, but now it becomes an even stronger element because Bilbo is the one who's telling it, but we can imagine now that he is telling this story to other hobbits who aren't really up to... Being told an epic tale in the form of, say, the Lord of the Rings, which eventually gets recorded in the Red Book of Westmarch by, you know, Frodo, Mary, and, you know, other people. So, this idea that Bilbo is the narrator in The Hobbit gives us a starting point, but another major influence that we can get is the whole idea of the quest of Erebor, which is a an additional little bit that ends up in the Return of the King appendices, and also there's additional elements of it you can find in the Unfinished Tales, like earlier drafts of it, or maybe it's not the Unfinished Tales, maybe it's the History of Middle-Earth series, I forget now. But you get this scene, basically, where Gandalf is talking to the four hobbits in Minas Tirith after the main action of the Lord of the Rings, and he's kind of telling the story of the hobbit from... His perspective, because his perspective is a lot less about Bilbo's adventure, per se, and a lot more about the broader strategic thing going on with trying to make sure that Smaug is not, you know, a danger in the north. Somebody that could ally with Sauron should Sauron arise again, and making sure that there is a strong... You know, independent dwarven kingdom in the north again that can be a bulwark against invasions from the east. And this is where Gandalf is going with the story. He's not as much interested in Bilbo's personal exploits, his turning into a rather effective thief through the possession of a ring that gives him invisibility, uh, and various other aspects of. You know, the way Bilbo tells his story. That's not really Gandalf's focus. And so he's going back and he's telling the Hobbits, here's what I was doing, here's how the whole thing got set up, here's how, you know, so the meeting of Thorin and Bree, for instance, which Peter Jackson does include in his movies. And so he kind of had a, you know, there was a sense in which he was kind of going for this, and it kind of works, but I don't think it works as well the way that Peter Jackson did it. And I'm not necessarily blaming him for that. He You know, a lot of this was thrown in his lap the last minute, but the point being, he throws in this meeting with Thorin and Gandalf in Bree, which happens before the events of the Hobbit, where Gandalf and Thorin kind of talk about this problem and how they're going to solve it, and then Gandalf, of course, gets the idea, okay, I'm going to throw a Hobbit into this mix. Um, This happens in the quest for Erebor stuff, but it goes even deeper than that, because Gandalf actually goes to you know, where the dwarves are living in the Blue Mountains further west, and talks to them and, you know, tries to convince them that here's what I'm planning to do, here's what you need. And, you know, he goes into a lot more detail here, but he also, of course, talks about the necromancer and how that's Sauron and what he's really doing there, which we only get hints of in the original Hobbit. And, of course, Peter Jackson throws a lot of this stuff in, too. The reason I don't think Peter Jackson's version of, does as well with this is because the way Peter Jackson does it is to just kind of throw everything into one continuous narrative which distracts from the story of The Hobbit itself because you end up with a story that almost seems like it's really Thorin's story with Bilbo as a secondary protagonist and Gandalf as a kind of tertiary protagonist doing his own thing off in, you know, different areas. And then we even get Legolas and uh, Tauriel as almost a fourth-level protagonist because then they end up doing some other stuff on their own. It just, it becomes too much. What I think would have worked better is if you had a scene very much like what we get in the appendices or we could even bring it back to... Rivendell after the hobbits have returned to Rivendell after their adventures and Bilbo could be telling the story from his perspective and Gandalf every now and then chimes in and says well that's not really quite accurate or here's what was going on in the background that you didn't know about at the time and the beautiful thing about this would be you could have this which would give us excuses for these diversions from the main story, and it would also give us excuses for some of the things in The Hobbit that are a little more humorous, because we could imagine a very elderly Bilbo telling his story to four young hobbits, and putting a little bit of a humorous spin, and it would also give us a basis for some of the authorial asides that we get in The Hobbit, like, you know, yes, I'm afraid that is how trolls really talk, which... You know, in the Lord of the Rings, we you'd almost get the impression that trolls don't talk at all. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they're certainly very lumpish in in their intelligence. I mean, they really don't have a whole lot of it, and they probably don't talk like you know, really downgraded Cockneys (laughs) arguing about how to cook whatever particular meat they have on the menu that day. Uh, So, you know, you could imagine that being Bilbo kind of softening the issue a little bit for a younger audience, particularly kids, which wouldn't be the the Four Hobbits at the point we're talking about, but it's it might have been the way that he told it originally, and so he's doing it again out of habit. And then every now and then you get Gandalf pipe in and say things like, you know, if, if Bilbo gets to the point where Gandalf leaves them to go uh, handle a necromancer when they're at the eaves of Mirkwood, Gandalf could pipe in, or Bilbo could even look at Gandalf and be like, what did you do when I was, you know, stuck in Mirkwood? Why did you leave us like that? Gandalf could say, well, yeah, you know Sauron, that, you know, massive bad guy we just had to defeat? That was him that I had to manage back then, and this is what was going on. Uh, and, of course, part of the reason this would work a little bit better in this way is because you wouldn't have to go through all of the additional stuff that Peter Jackson just added and made up for purposes of the story. Gandalf never gets captured by the necromancer, and so we don't have this long sequence of him, you know, fighting things in Dol Guldur, and then being rescued by the other, you know, members of the White Council, and all this other stuff. So it could be a much shorter thing where we'd get just kind of an explanation with maybe some brief visuals, almost a montage, not a extended story of its own. And so, Doing it this way would allow us to keep the main narrative and the main protagonist, Bilbo, in the focus and really get his story and his his own personal take on his own story while still allowing the more epic elements to kind of creep in to keep it more connected to the broader War of the Ring, which is what Gandalf had in mind from his perspective in trying to get the quest of Erebor to be successful in the first place. It gives us that that scope, that epic sweep, but it doesn't necessarily encroach on the story as much as the way that Peter Jackson did it by making Gandalf's story so much more involved, so much more, you know, I mean, there was just so much stuff that was made up for Gandalf's, you know, part of the story, like when he goes to the the I hate to call them graves cuz that's really not the best word but where the uh, you get the idea that this is where the Nazgûl were put when they were killed which doesn't even make sense right I mean that's not what happened and we all know that's not what happened and I have no idea that why Peter Jackson went that route but then finds the graves are empty so We wouldn't have to have all that. We wouldn't have to have most of the stuff that Gandalf does. We just get his input every now and then to kind of explain things that Bilbo may not have really understood at the time or, you know, to cover aspects of the story that Bilbo wasn't aware of, like the stuff that happened before the quest of Erebor where he meets with Thorin. And, you know, all of this kind of stuff you can get very briefly, whereas Bilbo still becomes the main narrator and tells his own story from his own perspective, which still gives us that humor, but that humor now makes more sense, because it's Bilbo telling his own story, and even from the perspective of, you know, at this point he's a very old hobbit, we could imagine him very easily telling the story in a way that he might talk to hobbit children, even to the four grown hobbits at the end of The Lord of the Rings, because you know, his memory's probably gone a little bit. His his attitude towards them is still that of an adult hobbit to very young hobbits because he's just that much older. So it would make a lot more sense. Or it could even be, if we kept the scene in Minas Tirith, it could be the four hobbits remembering how Bilbo used to tell the story to them when they were very much younger hobbits. And therefore it would make a lot more sense in that way too because, again, Bilbo would be telling the story to young, you know, child hobbits in a way that's not going to overly frighten them or, you know, it's not going to overbear them with epic weight of the real stakes involved in the story, right? He's going to be telling it from the perspective of, look at this cool adventure I had and, you know, the funny things that happened to me on it and whatnot. Not, by the way, if this adventure fails, all of Middle Earth could have fallen to, you know the alliance between Sauron and Smaug, and we'd all be dead. <laughs> it's just, you know, you wouldn't tell that story to a eight-year-old hobbit. I mean, you just wouldn't. So I think taking this approach, which again is kind of what Peter Jackson does, he just does it in a way that doesn't it's not from the perspective of Bilbo just telling a story with Gandalf piping in with his sides. It's Bilbo telling the story is kind of the way he starts it, but that obviously can't be the whole thing because all the stuff that happens to Gandalf and all the stuff that Legolas does off-scene and all this other stuff would not be within Bilbo's knowledge. That's not something he would have put in the book. And only Gandalf could really tell us all that stuff, Or you know, at, at the point that the story is being told. So Peter Jackson kind of had... A similar idea in mind, it seems like, but I just don't think he went about it the right way, whereas if you went about it more like the way Tolkien has it in the Quest of Erebor material, you can get a lot of the same benefits without some of the the downsides of having really, really heavy, epic, weighty, you know, into the world type material type stuff, imposing on what is supposed to be a relatively humorous telling of a personal adventure. And so I think that's a way that you can reconcile those two things into the one story that would be much more effective than trying to just cram it all in without having the the framing device of Gandalf being there to kind of throw in his two cents every now and then as an aside rather than just this is what happens all over in all aspects of the story that being said of course this would require major changes to the way that the movies were done because as i said peter jackson threw in a lot of extraneous material all the stuff with tauriel most of the stuff that gandalf does you know on his own is very different radagast meeting them up in you know before they even get to rivendell a lot of crazy stuff would have to get thrown out and that alone would solve a lot of the problems anyway because a lot of that stuff is made up and done not so well. Uh, but I still think at the end of the day, even if you cut out most of the made up material and cut it down to you know the really important stuff, it would still help to have this kind of frame because you still end up with all of that stuff in one story. It's still a little bit of a weird juxtaposition to have... Gandalf going off to fight the necromancer who, you know, in hindsight we know is Sauron and therefore has massive implications, as opposed to in The Hobbit, it's just he's a dark wizard that he's got to go off and handle with other wizards. Like, I mean, it's just a thing that happens on the side. You know, so if we want to include that in, we don't want to have the the tone of The Lord of the Rings imposing in on the hobbit which is tonally a very different story but it works if gandalf is you know just kind of interrupting or being asked to interrupt the hobbit story with hey what was going on in that period when you were gone why why did you leave us and what what happened there and then gandalf can interrupt and then we get oh well this whole thing was a lot more serious than we thought and then bilbo resumes his story right i mean you don't have to have that weird tonal shift be so jarring because you're going from Bilbo telling his charming adventure to and then there's Sauron the Lord of the Rings off over here. You know, it just doesn't create the same kind of radical shift, I don't think. So even though you could solve a lot of the problems just by taking out the extraneous material that was made up for purposes of making the Hobbit movie into three movies, I don't think you solve all the problems just by doing that. I think you still do need something like this framing device if you want to include that stuff in it. And I think you do want to include that stuff in it if you're going Lord of the Rings first and then the Hobbit, because if you do it in that direction, again, it's like you don't want to graduate down. You want to graduate up, and we can't do that because the Hobbit wasn't done before the Lord of the Rings, and therefore we've got to find some way of making it appealing to go from epic grand story to not anywhere near as epic grand story and much more humorous we've got to find a way of making that work and to make that work i think again tolkien's approach makes the most sense because then we still get that sense of the epic in the background even though bilbo is telling a much less epic story in the foreground and so i think you know it makes a lot more sense from the perspective of You know, we can remember this much more humorous, lighthearted story at the end of the really scary one that we all just went through. Let's all relax and think about Bilbo's Bilbo's old adventure, and Gandalf can be like, that wasn't quite as relaxing as you thought it was. (laughs) So, that's my take on how the Hobbit movies should have been done in a way that would have avoided this potential pitfall which we didn't really get in the story because Peter Jackson just kind of radically changed the nature of the Hobbit story anyway, but if he had done it what I think would be the right way, this, I think, would have solved any potential problems that could have come up. So let me know your thoughts on this approach. Let me know if you think there's a better way to do it, and you know we could have some interesting discussion in the comments because... You know, I'm not a filmmaker by any stretch. I'm not even that creative of a person. So, this is just my theory, but how it would actually be done, I'm not claiming I could actually do it. And so I think it would make sense, but it might be harder to pull off than I'm making out. So, you know, in fairness to everybody and to Peter Jackson out there, I'm not saying I could do a better job than he did cuz that's not <laughs> that's not my talent. So, Anyway, if you have other thoughts on how it might be done better, or if you think my idea just makes no sense at all, you know, explain why. Uh, Please also like the video, share it around. Subscribe if you want to catch all my content. Hit the bell icon on YouTube. I'm also on Rumble and Odyssey, and you can catch me on most podcatchers now. You can also find me at Twitter at JRRTLore for some occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions, and you can support me on Patreon. And don't forget that Discord server if you're interested. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namarie. Thanks to all my Patreon patrons, especially Ringbearer Ego Voice and Elf friends PA Brew News, Deanna Kaufman, Tracy Meehan, and Nathan DuFour.